Welcome to this week's edition of Coach Prep, part of the Everything Fast Pitch podcast family. Coach Don and I are in the Cherokee Batting Range podcast studio this week. We're up to episode number five of Coach Prep. Coach Prep's going to be launched on uh, October 25th. And uh, the topic for today, Don, is helping our coaches work with college coaches and their players on recruiting. I think that's an awesome topic, and it's very uh, timely right now with this time of year, Tori. Right. Great. Well, well, we know November is a big time of the year for uh, um, college recruiting. You know, the fall season is on the horizon. I know we've got some coaches of younger players that this is not really uh, uh, quite as uh, useful of a yeah. topic, yeah. but uh, it's something we wanted to, to get out there. And, and again, you know, even for those of you that are coaching younger players, we know that uh, on the horizon somewhere for you is going to be the whole process of recruiting. And so uh, first thing I always want to throw out there when it comes to recruiting is if you wanted to check out our uh, fastpitchprep.com website, we have an online recruiting seminar that's uh, available there that is a very in-depth look at the recruiting process. So some of the stuff that we're going to talk about here, you could definitely take a much deeper dive into um, if you wanted to check out the online recruiting seminar at fastpitchprep.com. It's easy so, to navigate and it's awesome. And, yep, and, it's and, thorough. and inexpensive compared to the uh, uh, information that you're going to receive from it. So for all of our coaches that are going to be out there on the recruiting trail, a couple of things that we want to start to help you understand um, that you as a coach, whether it's a travel ball coach or high school coach, have an impact on how this relationship's going to go and honestly on the opportunities that your player is going to have. Right. And so we want you to get involved proactively on a couple of different levels. Uh, but there's also some things that we just have to talk candidly about just to make sure that we're, uh, that we're making the best use of our time. And I'm going to use myself as an example. When I was a high school coach going way back when, you know, to the 90s, so a lot of people probably weren't even alive then, <laughs> but uh, coaching at uh, um, high school in Wisconsin in the 1990s, I uh, had a really successful program at Whitnall High School. We had you know, been winning some conference championships, you know, getting to the state tournament, um, doing real well, you know, and, and had a run of some really, really talented players. At least I thought they were really talented. Right. Now, in our world, in our, in our circle of who we were playing against in the level of competition in the state of Wisconsin, we, we had top. top kids. Yeah, And, of course, being the young high school coach that I was back then, well, I wasn't really that young, but being a, an inexperienced high school coach, thinking that, you know, well, Julie's the best shortstop I've ever seen, and Wendy's the best pitcher I've ever seen, and, you know, uh, Kathy's the best outfielder I've ever seen, they must be good enough to play anywhere. Sure. And now this, is, you know, again, we'll date this conversation, but so we're going back to the days of VHS videotapes. And I can remember going to the audiovisual department and, and checking out the big camera and the big tripod and going out to the softball field and doing skills videos for our players and sending those videos to UCLA and Arizona <laughs> and schools like that that were winning national championships because, of course, in my mind, I was convinced, you know, the best player on my team's got to be good enough to be able to play at Arizona. Right. You know, I watched them on ESPN. They won the national championship. They're really good. It'd be great if you know, some of my players could play at Arizona. And uh, so I sent those videos off. And, you know, of course, you know, again, we're talking about, you know, duplicating VHS tapes and putting them in a big <laughs> fat envelope and, you know, and, you know, putting, you know, 35 postage stamps on them and putting them in the Just mail. To make sure and, they and don't come them back. Out there yeah. And uh, um, sent those videos off. And I got one or two kids that got very nice letters from those schools. And so I thought, well, that's great. That must mean that those schools are interested. It's working. 
But then I found out that when you really read the letter, it was, thanks very much. We appreciate your interest. You know, it's nice that you're a fan of UCLA or Arizona softball, but. Right. And the but was was heartbreaking at the time because I didn't know any better. You know, I thought, well, you know, these people are crazy. You know, she's the best shortstop I've seen. She's the best shortstop, you know, that that I've coached or even coached against. She's got to be good enough. Right. So, and and I was kind of bitter and kind of frustrated for a while because I didn't know any better. And I and I kind of carried that bitterness and that frustration with me for about 12 years. And then all of a sudden I was coaching at the college level at uh, Tennessee Tech and had this brainstorm of an idea. I think, yeah, well, we got a pretty good team. Let's let's get into a tournament out in Arizona. Sure. So we, you know, contacted Coach Candrea, called him and explained to him who I was. You know, we were really interested in coming out to play. You know, I thought we had a pretty good team. And he's like, well, yeah, come out to this tournament. You'll love it. Um, we're going to obviously be playing in it. And Oklahoma's playing in it. They got a really good team. And Kentucky, they've got a really good team. And uh, there's a couple other schools. Perfect. And then it hit me how dumb I was sending videos to those schools. Because now I'm coaching at the Division One level. Sure. And I've got a, a good team, but not that kind of team. And all of a sudden, I realized that when you're thinking about having your kids play for the top 10 teams in the country, your players can't just be the best player on your team. They probably can't even be just the best player in your state. They need to be amongst the best players in the country. Because that's where they're looking. Because that's where those players are looking. And so it dawned on me all of a sudden that uh, um, I kind of had this like uh, sheepish sheepish, grin on my face, like how could I have been so naive and so foolish but the moral to the story is you don't know what you don't know. And if you're coaching, um, whatever level you're coaching at, you start to think that if you're having some success, you're coaching really good kids, you love coaching them because they're good kids and fun to work with, that they must be good enough to play anywhere anywhere yep. or everywhere. And so coaches, our first challenge is let's get realistic. Okay? Just because one of your players says she wants to play at Florida or Georgia or Oklahoma or UCLA... And just because they think that's their dream school doesn't mean that that dream's a realistic one. Right. And that doesn't mean we're going to uh, push them away from it or, or discourage them from it, but we've right. got to keep well, it real. And, and I think yeah. we have to be realistic. We have to be real about it. So uh, if, uh, if you're coaching a pretty good team, you know, let, let's say you know, a, you know, a, a team that wins more than they lose, and it's you know, getting to that recruiting age where you're working with players that are, are dreaming of playing college softball, you know, when you ask them to put together a list, let's say you ask them for the five schools they really are interested in or the 10 or whatever it is, when you look at that list, I think you have to be the first person to have an honest discussion with them. So if your fifth best player, and we'll just say whatever position she plays, doesn't really matter. If she's your fifth best player, hands you a list and it's got seven SEC schools and right. three Pac-12 schools, then I think you have to be the one to sit down and say, well, there's nothing wrong with dreaming this dream, but let's just be realistic. These schools are recruiting the very best players in the country. Now, I think you're a great kid. I think you're a great player, but do you think you're one of the best players in the country? And Tori, again, uh, we've had this conversation a few times and you've brought up a great point of, uh, you know, being aware of what level all these these athletes at those schools are at, and the only way to find out is by going and watching a practice, right? Not watching them on ESPN. Yeah. And again, most of them have very strong pitching, so you know some of the positions aren't necessarily fielding a lot of balls during the the live game. 
But if you get out there to a practice and you see how athletic, how fast, how strong, um, how well they anticipate all the things that they do in practice, um, you can gain a lot of insight and appreciation for the level that they really truly are. Right. And that's real important. Yeah, and and because the dream is, you know, Sally or Mary or whatever your player's name is, she wants to play at that school. Sure. But the key word there is play. And as a coach, you're really doing her a disservice if you're encouraging her to chase after a dream that we know has very little, if any, chance of coming true. And so, you know, players only have so many opportunities to make a good impression on college programs. If you can be the first level of helping them truly truly assess their their where they fit in the food chain. Right. So what their ch- best chances are, the kinds of places that they can really play at, I think you're already doing mm-hmm. a great job for them. That's a super hard conversation, Tori. I know we've talked about it a few times. Um, you know, some of the coaches don't want to be the one to tell them that. And sometimes it needs to be an outside source to, to let them know. Right. We don't want to push them away from our team because we don't believe in them. And it's not like that. So right. we need to need to sell that on, on our players that uh, we're really just giving them uh, the very best chance to not waste their right. time, waste their money, and uh, you know be going in a direction that's really feasible. Right. And you know, one of the things that uh, we do with uh, Fast Pitch Prep is our player assessment. Right. And the player assessment is guide, designed for us to give some guidance to those players about where you know, our experience tells us where they really fit in. And uh, again, I understand where the dream comes from. And coaches, I know it's hard. It's hard to look at a player that you really like, that you really care about, that's really important to your team, and explain to her that you know her dream of playing at a national championship level Division One school is not realistic. Um, but I think your overall uh, what you gain will outweigh what you lose if you start taking that approach. Sure. Um, if you, you know, want to refer them back to us. There's ways that we can help you with assessment Through to, give players, yeah. uh, to give players an idea of where they fit in. But you know, again, you know, I'm not going to mention the school because I don't want the coach to, uh, you know, to be singled out. Sure. But I was at a coaching clinic, uh, working at a coaching clinic several years ago, and one of the parents in the audience asked that coach, well, how does my daughter get recruited by your school? And um, you know, that coach started to give the very generic, well, you know, have her come to a camp, you know, she should, you know, you know, do all these different things. Um, and, uh, and send the, us the video. Right. And, yeah. and the, the parent was adamant. No, she's, she's good enough to play at your school. And the coach basically said, well, you know, that's great. We're happy that she loves our school, but let's try to, you know, to Get help her to zero it, it in. Yeah. And he's, and he said, so when I go to the ballpark, here's what I'm looking for. The three best players in the tournament. Those are the ones I'm going to watch. Those are the ones that I'm I'm really recruiting. I'm not recruiting the third best player on a team. So you know, so ask yourself these questions: Is your daughter the best player on her team? And the dad was, oh yeah, she's she's by far the best player on our team. And then the second question was, is she the best player in most of the tournaments you play in? And the dad was, well, she's maybe not the best, but she's probably in the top twenty-five or thirty. And the coach stopped right there and he said, well, that's kind of my point. I'm looking for the three best kids. Anywhere I go. Everywhere I go. So I don't want to be a jerk. I don't want to make you feel bad, but I don't want your daughter to waste her time chasing after something that's not realistic. Because the horror stories of kids who spend hours and hours and money out the wazoo, thousands of dollars going to camps at schools that they have no chance of ever playing at is really an epidemic. And so... 
that's the first point of, of, of emphasis for us um, as we're talking about our uh, the travel ball coaches and the high school coaches. Try to get a feel for the level of play that these schools really are at, and that requires you to do some homework, uh, to, you know, to do some investigation, to uh, learn as much as you possibly can, and then be willing to take the initiative with your players and try to give them some guidance. And part of that is helping them understand that there's lots of great places to play. And you know, we talked with uh, Scott, Scott Thomas, a good friend of ours, on uh, this last week's Everything Fast Pitch, who's now coaching at a junior Wednesday, college, yeah. Gulf Coast College, um, down in the, the panhandle of Florida, um, and talking about the level of play at their junior college conference is super strong and right. really competitive and a place that a lot of kids would really be happy to be playing at. So, so there's lots of opportunities out there and coaches. We need you to be aware of helping your players see that they need to be able to count past one. And they have to stop thinking that it's power five or I'm a failure, that there's lots of great places to play. So then the second part is, if you do the best that you can to educate yourself so that you're helping your players be educated, then you're going to be in a much better position to work with college coaches. Sure. I can tell you as a former college coach, when a, when a travel ball coach or a high school coach would call me and start talking about how they knew a player could play for me. And they knew a player was just right for our team, and that you know that uh, she can play for you. It always made me wonder about how that person was so confident in their knowledge to be able to say that. Sure. And that it wasn't just a sales pitch that I'm going to say this to everybody. Well, and likely if you're not familiar with them, they probably do. Right. And so you know, trying to get them to understand that now, when a coach calls me and says, "Well, coach, I'm familiar with your program. I've seen you play." coached with or coached against some other players that have played at your school or played in your conference. Um, you know, I've got some background knowledge that, you know, gives me some understanding of what kind of players are successful at your kind of school. And that pl- coach then leads into a conversation about a player that they're coaching. Their credibility level has gone up astronomically because the background information that they've given me tells me that they're not just shooting at you know, a, a, a shotgun blast at the wall to see how many pellets can hit a different target, that they're really specifically targeting my school for the right reasons. Sure, and if they have a, a knowledge of previous players, like you said, yeah. if, if they know some of the previous players that have played for us and uh, you know can compare to them, hey, she's a little quicker than this particular player, she's got a little more power than you know that one, and uh, she hits her spots and has a little more velocity than this one. Right. Then you can kind of gain at least enough insight to investigate further. Right. right? And 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 it gives that uh, coach enough credibility that I'm going to pay a lot more attention and probably give a lot more um, credence to the to the information that they're giving me. So um, that that's job number one. So then when you're contacting that college coach, whether you're calling them or emailing them or, or, or speaking to them in person, whatever your method of delivery is, if it starts off with something that gives me confidence in your um, knowledge base, that you have done some homework, that you've done um, a good job of preparing yourself to have that conversation, you know, then I think that puts us in a really good position for us to move forward. And that's helpful down the road too. You know, once we do place a player with someone, then then there is that uh, that bar, that level to compare to. Right. Being able to just say, well, we're a whatever team. You know, we're in whatever organization. And we're does, the best ones there. Right. Yeah. If, if you're the flagship's team in an organization, that's one thing. That has some credibility to it. But being the 35th team in an organization in an age group, the the name on the front of your jersey without you doing the work 
to create the credibility that you need is not a very useful tool. Regardless of the name. Right. Yeah. And so we have to make sure that you're doing the things that you have to do to create that credibility and to give you a, uh, an opportunity to have a, an, a really good conversation and to help those coll- college coaches determine whether your players are really the best fit. Then the last piece of it for our college coaches, you know, when you're going to have face-to-face conversations, it's going to probably be at the ballpark. So um, your players have done a good job. You've done a good job of convincing college coaches to come out and watch your kids play. You're going to have opportunities to speak with college coaches. Here's the one piece of advice I'm going to give you, and I think this is maybe the most important thing you can take away from, from these pointers. When you sit down to talk to a college coach, ask specifically, Don, what are you looking for? Right. What are your needs? What, what do you... You know, in the 2022 class, what are you looking for? So if I've got tons and tons of pitching and I'm not looking for any pitching, but I need some speed or... Right. Yep. And when when, when, when I asked Don, I said, so Don, what's your number, you know, you know what, what's your need in the 2021 class? And you say, I'm looking for a pitcher. Right. That's all I need. I'm looking for a pitcher. Let's say that's the, the response. If you're that travel ball coach or that high school coach and that coach gives you that answer, you gain a thousand credibility points when you say, well, okay, coach, thanks for your time. I don't really have a pitcher that fits what you're looking for right now. We've got some other really good players. If you decide you're interested in looking at any of them, please let me know. Right. And then you walk away. You want to keep them there and say, hey, but, I got, but I, got this, I got this other kid. Right. I got this don't, one. Don't start working your way down your roster and expect to give that coach a sales pitch for eight or nine or ten different kids. Right. That's starting off with asking them what they're looking for is really important. Now, hopefully, you already know enough about what kind of school it is, what, what that coach uh, and what their program is all about that you're not going to sell uh, Florida or Florida State or Oklahoma or UCLA uh, trying to convince them that your ninth best player is somebody they should be recruiting. Even if they put it down in their wish list, right? Right. If, yeah. if, if you already have done the first couple things we've asked <laughs> you to do, you're not going to you know, waste that college coach's time with that. Right. And I understand, again, when you're, when you're that travel ball coach or high school coach, you love these kids, you care about them, you want to do everything you can for them, but when you're trying to convince Oklahoma or UCLA to look at your ninth best player, you've done a terrible thing. You've convinced them to never come look at your best player. Right. And yeah. that will happen someday. Down the road. Yeah. So, um, and so if you're trying to sell them on your 10th best player and you create a, an impression of, well, this guy, this gal doesn't know what the hell they're talking about. That's what they're going to compare to later. And that's always what they're going to think. And you know, we always talk about that first impression in recruiting. Well, the same is true for you as a coach trying to help your players get recruited. If you come across as a total dumbass who doesn't have any idea what I'm looking for, in my mind, you always are the dumbass. So do your homework. Right. Yep. And, and most of the time, again, it's important for you to, to be thinking about it. We understand that, you know, that we want to help those kids, but we don't help them by losing credibility with that college coach. And what possibly or probably is happening more often is you're killing your chances to help your best players either on that team or some other team. Because again, we know college coaches talk. And if I come away from it, that Don McKinley's the biggest dumbass out here. I wouldn't trust him for a nickel. He doesn't know what he's talking about. He's trying to sell me his 10th best player, and he knows I can't use his best player. And like you say, they all do talk. So, And they know, coach, they know coaches at schools of all levels. Right. So if you do come across in a, in a good light, 
then they can also share that. Hey, right. he may not have kids that can play at my school, but you should talk to him because he's really right. sharp. And that yeah. was that was kind of the point. I'm glad yeah. that you brought that up. Is that but if you do things the right way and you have that good reputation, yeah. then I'm going to tell everybody. Well, there was nobody on you know Don's team that I want this year, but I'm going to keep following him because this guy's really got an idea of what's going on. He he has a clue. And I would then tell other people, friends of mine at other levels of schools, you should go hey, talk you should go to check him. out this team. They know, yeah. you know, they're, they're well coached. He's a knowledgeable guy. If I give them your phone number or tell them to look you up on your, your webpage or whatever, when I know that I have faith that when they contact you, they're going to get good information. They're Absolutely. not going to make me look like a dumbass because I supported a dumbass. Right. So, um, and so once we've got that conversation going, so let's say, you know, this, the flip side happens. You ask, you know, that coach, so coach, what, what are you really looking for? And they say, well, I need a shortstop, I need a center fielder, I need a third baseman. Okay, so that means you should look at your list, and if your third baseman fits that program... That's the only one. Then you sell the third baseman to that program. You don't have to tell them about your shortstop, who's your 13th best player. You don't have to tell them about your you know, center fielder, who's your ninth best player. You can convince them that they should take a really good hard look at your third baseman because you know, know, already have done the homework in your mind. You already know your third baseman's the best fit. Right. She's got a chance to be a recruitable player for this program. Now, you could mention, well, I've got a shortstop, but I'm not quite sure she's what you're looking for. And that's she, okay. And she might not quite be at your level. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and, and what I realize up, that. And, and I've got a center fielder. She might not be quite what you're looking for. But when I'm watching the third baseman, I've already, you've planted the seed. I'm going to pay attention to the shortstop and the center fielder for no other reason, just to know for sure I should cross them off my list. Right. But also it's going to help me then focus in on what you've told me that I now have faith in. So let's say I'm watching your game and I watch, <clears throat> yeah, he, yeah, he's right. That center fielder is not quite what I'm looking for. Yeah, that shortstop, she's a good kid. She's a hard worker, but she's not quite what I'm looking for. That again gains credibility for that coach when I start to look at the third baseman. Well, okay, he knows what I'm really looking for. He's not wasting my time with a 20-minute litany about why I should watch this player who's really not good enough. He's helping me. He's guiding me towards looking at the players that are really the best fit. Because we all want to be efficient, and you know, college coaches are trying to see as much as they can. Right. And if, and if we're wasting time and, and energy on things that, yeah, like you said, yeah. we, we just need to be efficient. Yeah. And, and, the, and the second part of that is if you're the head coach and you're not the person having those conversations, you need to train whoever it is that's going into the tent or wa- work in the park or walking up to college coaches to talk to making them so that, that they are also making the same good impression that you would be making if it was you. Sure. Now, I think for the most part, if you're the head coach of a team, you should be the one having those conversations. And if that means you don't get to coach third base for a couple of innings, that's okay. Sure. Because when you go to a showcase, what's your job? Showcasing your players. And Tori, the greatest, the greatest value for us is, is creating the relationships with these travel ball coaches that uh, really do get it, that they can help us quickly um, weed through the numbers so that we can make our way to the very best athletes. And the really cool coaches are excited to tell us about kids that aren't even on their team. Right. You know, I've, I've heard many times from, uh, you know, from other coaches like, Hey, you really need to be over here and, and check this young lady out because she, she can play. Right. And, and that's, that's the relationships that we want to try and create and build. Yeah. And, and part of that is a function of the fact that we have so many more teams now. Sure. You know, once, once upon a time, you know, if, if you were recruiting in Georgia, you could identify four or five teams and know that's where all the players were. Yep. Well, now there's 204 teams, 
and you've got to do a better job of trying to build those relationships, know who you can trust, know right. who you can have faith in, so that when you have those conversations, you know you're going to get the guidance that you need. And that goes both ways. You know, once we have that relationship, then it is, well, hey, um, you know, how can I help you with your group? Maybe I can introduce you to a couple other coaches that, you know, may have a need for the level right. of play that your kids have. So yeah. it works both ways. Yeah. And so creating creating that credibility is job one for you as a, as a travel ball coach or a high school coach out there trying to help your kids. So, so that gives you some stuff to think about. Uh, we know that uh, everybody's going to be at the ballpark here in this next couple of weeks, and there's going to be college coaches coming out of the woodwork. When, when we're out there, let's you know use some of these tips and, and some of this guidance to help us do a better job of being efficient and, uh, and doing uh, the things that we need to do to help our players um, have the best opportunity to get recruited. So that's going to wrap up this week's edition of Coach Prep. We uh, are very excited about what Coach Prep is doing. We're getting really good feedback on it. If you uh, have uh, um, some interest... Um, in uh, sponsoring the show. We've been contacted by a company that uh, could potentially be our primary sponsor for Coach Prep, but we're always looking for sponsorship opportunities uh, with everything Fast Pitch and Fast Pitch Prep uh, and Coach Prep. Uh, so between uh, all the different things that we have going on, uh, there's lots of opportunities for, for businesses to get involved. And uh, we're looking forward to having a uh, presenting sponsor here soon for Coach Prep. Uh, but we have a lot of opportunities and things that we're definitely working on. It's going to be awesome. Um, trying to continue to grow the brand and continue to get more listeners. If you have topics that you think would be good for us to work on in Coach Prep, please contact us at everythingfastpitch at gmail.com or fastpitchprep at gmail.com. So for Coach Don McKinley, this is Coach Tori Atchison and the Cherokee Batting Range Podcast Studio saying thanks for listening to Coach Prep and we'll talk to you again next week.